The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Listening to the Keeping It Beauty Show. I am your host, Akila C. Thompson. If it is your first time listening to the show, welcome, welcome, welcome. So glad that you've joined us this evening. We are continuing our financial abundance series, talking tonight about investing for newbies. You can catch up on the previous shows in our series, as well as an abundance of other shows, great topics by visiting our archives on iHeartRadio.com and you can search Keep It a Beauty and you will find us. On our show, we aim to inspire you to elevate your dreams, your love, and your life. So tonight, I, I, I hope I don't sound too sick to you guys. I am really feeling under the weather. I think I'm allergic to dogs. And how do I know this? Um, we randomly kind of got a dog this weekend. We as in me and Sean. And um, how did we like randomly get a dog? Anyone who's in Aries as listening should know that Aries, we tend to be really spontaneous. Like one minute we were in the car. Next thing I know, we mentioned Petco. Then we were at Petco. Petco didn't have any pets. And the next thing I know, we were at an adopt-a-thon. And now we got a dog named Sphinx. So I've been like really coughing. And I've, you know, I'm now, I won't uh, tell you my age. I'm going to stop telling people my age. But to this point in my life, I've never known to have any allergies, any known allergies. But all day since yesterday, I like fell asleep with the dog and woke up, throats like itching, can hardly breathe, uh, coughing crazy. But it's the cutest, cutest little dog. We believe that it's a lab mix. So uh, those of you that are familiar with dogs may have an idea of, of, of what he looks like. But cutest little thing. They think he's about 8 to 12 weeks old. And it was just awesome to participate in that experience. I was one of those kids that didn't grow up having a pet. So it was fun just the whole experience of actually going to, to pick a dog out. So hopefully we're able to keep him. We're going to try to. I've been asking my friends, those of you that are listening, if, you've, if you have allergies to pets and you've managed to survive pet, please send me things. Uh, visit my Facebook. Book, Akila C. Thompson. Let me know uh, how did you survive like having a dog with allergies. Some people have been sending me some uh, information about maybe if we if we give the dog a bath or if we like don't put the dog certain places that that might actually help me uh, make it through this. So hopefully we can because uh, we, we're already like dog hasn't been here 24 hours and we're already like super in love with the dog. <clears throat> So anyway, fun fact about tonight is that tonight actually marks our 25th week on iHeart and on W4, you know, CY Radio. So, wow, uh, applause. Like, wow, it's it's crazy. Big shout out to 
all of our guests today and co-hosts that have participated with me. Um, Amber, I love you. She's been uh, sick these past couple of shows, so she hasn't been uh, with me. And Monique was great in contributing to our early portions of the of of our of the show. So it's just it's it's amazing how time flies when you're really having fun, and we appreciate all of our loyal listeners. Um, Sean, who those if it's your first time listening, uh, Sean is 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 my love, is my boo thing, is our is boo loving. Yeah, he's everything. Uh, he today was actually binge listening at work today. He's like, you know, your show is really good. So uh, I, I I shout out to Sean. He's always uh, being just like the the super boyfriend, uh, great cheerleader. And thank you to those who have listened, who many of my friends have told me you've binge lynched the network. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Please continue to share the show, tweet the show. Don't be stingy with us. If you hear something great and you feel one of your girlfriends or your guy friends can use the material, please share it with them. So check us out on iHeartRadio. Another huge announcement which we made today, which I'm extremely excited about, is our Summer Leadership Academy that will be launching for the first time overnight. We will have an eight-day, seven-night program at Georgia State University, which will include our IAB curriculum as well as celebrity guests, our career photo shoot, career day, uh, mock interviews, uh, plenty of girls talk with celebrities that will be stopping by, our conversations with men. We'll have a girls' night out, a mentoring tea opportunity. I mean, and this is just all the things that I'm kind of naming off the top of my head. It's going to be so amazing. So we, we, we answered the call. We've been getting so many requests from uh, parents in other states that don't live in New York that wanted something for their daughters in a format where they could send them and that they could work with me and that they could work with other people from our team. So I'm so excited. You can get more information about that by going to imbeautyinc.com. And if you go to programs, Summer Leadership Academy 2016 will give you all the information that you need. Registration uh, is open now and uh, you must enroll by June 1st to participate. So definitely Go look at that. If you have any questions, feel free to hit me up at Akila at IMBDInc.com. And I would love to talk to you and give you any information that you need. So our hot topic for tonight, um, it's no coincidence that tonight marks the 25th anniversary of our show. And when we first started out, actually, before we transitioned over to W4CY Radio and iHeart, we were on another platform in which most of our shows really tailored towards teens. And there's been a story that's come to the news that's really close to my heart, um, where many of you have may have heard of the story about Amy Joyner Francis, who's a 16-year-old sophomore at Howard High School of Technology in Wilmington, Delaware, who was killed in a fight uh, with uh, a few other girls at her school in the bathroom. And I know we've all been so distracted between Beyonce's Lemonade and, um, you know, Birdman, put some respect on my name and all these other things that aren't really significant issues. But we've overlooked this this. And I want to take uh, this time to actually really highlight this and share this, that uh, this story is why I started I Am Beauty, is why I do the work that I do. I could have been Amy and I could have been one of those girls. And now these girls' lives, as well as her life was taken from her and these girls' lives and their families' lives will never be the same. So it's so important for us to start speaking to our young people about 
uh, bullying and about not feeling like they need to do things at school to earn respect that like it's okay to walk away I was one of those girls like Amy who everybody wanted to beat up who wanted to fight and I felt like I needed to fight to prove something and a lot of it at the end of the day had to do with my self-esteem and this is why with an eye and beauty you build a girl's confidence there's so much more that that you can build and and so many tragedies that you can avoid so keeping Amy's family in in prayer and hoping that other teens will see this and and really see this as an opportunity to uh, do something different uh, see that this can that this could could have potentially been them so I will be doing a series of going to schools and doing girl talks. And one of the focuses, which hasn't been a front focus uh, in some of the previous things that we've been doing, I just came back from North Carolina, but we'll, it, but bullying is going to really be at the forefront of the conversation because I feel like that that's a huge thing that's connected to self-esteem that aren't people aren't really digging at it from that end as to what is it do you have to prove you don't have to prove anything to anybody but what we need to start is with helping our young people prove to themselves that they matter they aren't enough and they're just perfect whole and complete as they are so i am super excited to uh transition now into our guest for this evening who is a dynamic uh, young lady miss angela matthews who she creates ripples of wealth by teaching entrepreneurship and investing she's the founder of the mindful investors club and private club where beginner investors become powerful leaders she's mastered the art of teaching simple common sense investing after learning during one of the worst financial crises of our time she created abundance for herself and family by successfully using invest methods that incorporate common sense thinking, mindfulness, and deep business understanding. She loves teaching others how to do the same. Welcome to the show, Angela. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you. <laughs> so I'm I'm really happy to, to have you. I mean, it's been a um, we met each other a couple of weeks ago at an event and it I was hoping that we would actually be able to get together and and look at this we're getting together actually on air so even <laughs> better even better so I mean your bio hits on a little bit about how you got into this investing space but I mean tell us a little bit more about you like where are you from uh, and like how did you I guess, land in this, you know, space of kind of teaching entrepreneurship and investing? Sure. So I'm actually from Queens, uh, Queens, New York, um, okay. born, and, born and bred. So that's really exciting. And I'm extremely proud of that because I think Queens is just awesome. I think New York is awesome, but I think Queens is even more awesome because you can and I, everything. And I think Long Island is even more awesome. <laughs> 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 yes, to get into the technical details, we'll all have a different <laughs> point of view. But yeah, so I started, um, actually entrepreneurship is no stranger to me. I've been an entrepreneur for over seven years and I've already had about maybe three or four companies um, ranging in different products or services. And so entrepreneurship just comes really natural to me because I've always wanted to start something of my own, whether that's starting a jewelry business just because I felt that Buying things directly from Urban Outfitters just didn't make sense when it was, you know, $30 for a pair of earrings mm -hmm. or, yeah, <laughs> or even just helping my mom sell her rum cakes uh, when she had gotten laid off during the recession. It just, 
I always just think about it. Are you Jamaican? No, we're Guyanese. (laughs) Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm like, rum cake. (laughs) I found a recipe. I was like, you need to make something. And she's like, but I only make black cake. And I'm like, nope, they're not going to appreciate that. We need to make rum cakes. Here's this recipe. Go tweak it and make it better like you always do. And we're going to sell this. Mm. And she did. Before you knew it, we were selling pineapple rum cakes. Like, it was crazy. We had so many different Kahlua rum cakes, all these different kind of rum cakes. (laughs) But, yeah. How to do it, though. Okay. Mm-hmm. So entrepreneurship has been something that's been with me for a while. So then what is your, did you go to school? I mean, before or work? Because I mean, we, we love to talk to people that, that have taken the leap into entrepreneurship. So was there a time when you did actually work for someone else or thought your career was going to be this? And then kind of you landed into this space of like, uh, you know, I'm allergic to nine to fives and, you know, I, I need to be my own boss. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So I definitely had, I've, I've paid my dues. <laughs> I, my last nine to five, like 401k kind of job was actually over. I think where I'm hitting up on my almost 10 year anniversary. Um, next year will be 10 years since I've had a 401k kind of gig. And 10 years? Yep, almost 10 years. So it's been that long, which is like crazy. Okay, I know I said it earlier in the show that I wasn't telling anybody how old I am, but. Uh, give us a range. How old are you? Because <laughs> I thought you were like in your 20s. So I'm like, well, you say you've been out of the corporate or nine to five for like 10 years. That just sounds like, you know, yeah, I'm shocked. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> so it was around uh, 2007, 2008. So um, I'm 30. That's how old I am. Okay. I stopped, uh, My last corporate gig was around the age of 23. So 23, and then I started weaning. I weaned myself off, um, started doing some freelance, some contractor work and all that. And then I really jumped into full-on blown entrepreneurship. Um, I think it was maybe about 2010, 2011 was when it was just like, that's it. Like, you know, move from the curb, get your hand off the wall and dive into the swimming pool. Yeah, that was about the same time I actually stepped away. Wow, congratulations to you. That's awesome. But, you know, really and truly, I think people with entrepreneurship, they think that there's like a special class you can take or they think that there's a special degree in entrepreneurship. And I really think it's just like the school of hard knocks. Like that's how you learn what like they're just lessons you cannot teach. And there's the, you know, the um, like the thousand day rule, which means you have to be in it for a thousand days for things to just pop off. That's just the way it is. I call it caterpillar time. Like you just need to be in the cocoon and one day it's just going to all click. Um, but you still are going to have amazing triumphs in between then. So entrepreneurship isn't for the faint of heart. I, I don't like to sell it because some people will just quit their job and then just say like, I'm going to do this and it's going to be amazing. And it's like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. It, but it makes I love it that. <laughs> I'm going to have to repeat that. So to those that are listening, did you just hear what Angela said? She said the thousand day rule. So let's actually do some math of that. A thousand days is roughly about three years. So people expect, I mean, I I run into people all the time who see where I am and all the different things that I'm jumping into, not realizing that I'm now going on four years of being out of corporate. This took a long time to get to the point that I am. And I'm still, 
you know, not at that point where like everything is necessarily overflowing and where I want it to be. So it takes time and being an entrepreneur is really about really kind of investing in yourself. And a lot of these things are going to happen in a matter of time. And like, you just can't rush your success when when you're an entrepreneur. It's going to happen kind of when it's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And everyone goes at their own pace. I mean, this said, I've had my company and then there was a point where I wanted to transition uh, folk, like my focus, take it away from, say, social media, which was one of my past companies, and more so move it towards what's new or launching, you know, bigger marketing. And I actually went back and actually started contracting with another person. And this was very tr- controversial. You know, you've got ride or die entrepreneurs that are like, never go back. And then you've got yeah. people who go all the way back. But in the end of the day, you have to do what's right for you, right? Because no one else is going to, you know, pay your your bills. (laughs) It's going to be on you. So no one else is going, you know, no one else is going to be looking at you when your kids are looking at you saying like, mommy, what's the plan? You have to do what you have to do. So just keep that in mind, too. There's no shame in any game. That's 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 so true. Well, I'm going to keep it moving because, girl, I could be on that all day. You preaching to the choir saying all of that here because I, I know all about that valley season that happens when you're an entrepreneur. So let's get into. All right. So you left corporate. You left corporate. You've been this entrepreneur. Like what stage were you at where like you realized, OK, uh, I want to start investing because I think a lot of people fear there's like all these myths around uh, investing and like when you can do it. So like, where were you when you started uh, diving into investing? Well, I started diving into investing around 2007. Um, that was the first time that I kind of like wet my toes and I was actually working. So I was working at a web design firm at the time and I was thinking these people are making money Like they're charging this much for internets. And I was thinking about the clients that they had at the time, which was like CNN, JetBlue, Ikea. And I was just like, I know these guys are going to do such a good job on their website. They're going to make tons of money. I need to find Mm -hmm. out how to like buy stock in their clients because I just had that much faith and confidence in the people around me. And so I started and it was probably one of the worst times to start investing because in 2007, if you kind of remember, it was like the golden years. And in 2008, the whole system started collapsing. Mm -hmm. So all my hard earned money that I invested in 07 and in, in wonderful companies and banks that I know, love and trust actually a year later, my portfolio was just red. It was Mm -hmm. kind of bleeding. Tell me about it. I bought my house in 2008. I know. (laughs) <laughs> seriously like it was it was it was real crazy it was crazy oh, and everyone at the time uh decided to start selling you know and if you listen to warren Buffett, who's kind of the godfather um of modern day investing he always sells you know be fearful when people are greedy and be greedy when people are fearful it is just such if you really understand that one sentence um you will pretty much know more than 75% of the people out there, if you actually practice what that statement says, you'll probably do better than 90% of the investors out there. It's just who's going to actually do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's pretty much the story of how I got involved. Um, I used to uh, work at an investment banking company called Goldman Sachs. That was my first uh, throw into financial services. And I don't mean to say this as in like, yes, I know tons about financial markets. I mean to say it that I was a philosophy major in college. So you can't acquire the knowledge you need to invest in the markets. It's not rocket science. You just have to have a willingness to learn and think about the bigger picture. 
many people who have worked for banks that do not have any financial background or didn't go to school that are like history majors. So and I've always wondered about that as to how they were able to be successful at some of the big banks, especially in feel like in, like investment making. Yeah, absolutely. And it's I mean, honestly, you can. It's just about you being smart. They'll teach you everything you need to know. Like I tell my students that I will teach you everything you need to know. You don't have to know everything. That's why you came to me. That's why you're learning from a course. That's why it's okay. But you're more than accomplished. Like you have a doctorate, you have a master's. You know, most of my clients, they're professionals. Like they, they, they know so much stuff. But when it comes to investing, they get really doubtful on their ability to learn and process. Right, right. Angela, you are going in and out. So I don't know if it's your microphone, but just um, make sure you're holding it like kind of as we're talking, because I don't we, we don't want to lose any of the great things that you're saying. So uh, I love that you just asked, like, you know, some people um, that like want to invest that may not know a lot about it, like what you tell some of your students. So if a student came to you, I mean, we know we're just now coming out of tax season and everybody has their refunds and people can be really irresponsible around what they do with their refunds. So if someone came to you saying that they have some extra cash from their refund that they want to use wisely and want to know about investing, but are really new to it, don't know anything, like what kind of advice would you give them around, you know, getting into uh, starting to build like an investment portfolio? Well, I would definitely say that you don't want to spend all of your savings and all of your refund on investing right away um, if you're new to it. Like that's kind of also one of the biggest mistakes people make. They say like, I've got 500 bucks, I've got a thousand bucks, I've got 2000 bucks and I'm just gonna invest it all in Apple or I'm gonna Mm -hmm. invest it all in Netflix. And (laughs) your heart is good, but the thing is, it's like you're not sure why you're investing it yet. So I always try to tell folks like, open up an an online brokerage account uh, you can do this. There are literally hundreds out there. You know, Capital One has online brokerage accounts. There's E-Trade. There's Scotch Trade, and it usually costs about five bucks to seven bucks to actually um, order stocks. So anyone can order stocks, and there isn't a minimum. So that's the first mm-hmm. myth that folks have. They say like, "Well, I have to put in five hundred dollars, or I have to put in a thousand, and it's just not true. So thinking that that's not true, why would you put in five hundred dollars or a thousand dollars? in a company uh, on your first go around for investing. Like Mm -hmm. you don't have to do that. So what you can do is just come up with like five companies that you see around you. You know, if you have an iPhone, maybe consider Apple. If you're on Facebook all the time, maybe you should consider Facebook so you can start owning some of the the time that you actually spend on it, you know, and actually start making Mm -hmm. money from it. Um, Some of the other companies that people like to look at is like Netflix or Nike. Just look at things that you actually use. And then from that, just look at how much a, the price of the stock actually is and then see if this is something you want to do. Sometimes people think that they have to buy um, really expensive stocks. But example, Bank of America, it's always around 15, 17 bucks. And it's like, mm. so you can get in small and start building your endurance. Got it. So where when you say get in small, like, I mean, give us numbers, like specifically, what would be a good place to start? Like, I know you said don't put your whole $500 in there, but I mean, what would be a good, I guess, an investment plan or a strategy for someone to, come on, say if I'm going to start with $100, um, I guess, like, what's the investment, investing for dummies? Like, what, 
what's next? Once I put $100 in, you know, when's a good time now to put more money in? Um, you know, or when's the time to actually like, you know, maybe move my money or sell? Uh, you know, these are the kind of things that I think people are intimidated by. So why they don't even bother to jump in? Got it. Completely. And when I say don't, I want to definitely clarify. I'm not saying don't invest at all 500 for $1,000. You can put your tax money or whatever money you get, put it into a savings account so that you can invest it over time. I just don't support just taking the whole pot and just dropping it down saying like done. That's right. how I advocate. So you like should what? Still invest your savings. <laughs> like so- what? did recently with the uh when the when the lottery was really oh. high recently like i think it was one lady who like spent her whole like paycheck and like life savings and did it and then did a gofundme because she didn't win to get some of the money back please don't do that yeah yes. that's not what don't we want do to that. do <laughs> and i mean honestly your odds are much uh higher playing um and investing in stocks in the stock market than it is at winning lotto like know, honestly yeah. People think about, oh, I don't want to invest. It's too risky. But people think that once I invest, you only lose whatever you put in. Similarly to Lotto, but people think like, I can't lose that money. But you lose money every single day. When you go to lunch and you spend 10 to $15 on lunch, you just lost that money. When you just bought three new skirts, when you already have 20 in your closet, you just lost that money. Um, so you're losing money all the time. But if you don't invest your money, you will spend your money. So that's kind of like a huge other misconception. But back to your question about like, hey, if I have $100, how do I actually invest it? Well, one, you open up a brokerage account. That's the number one thing. Mm -hmm. You see where this $100 came, right? So did it come from your savings? Are you just taking it out of your next paycheck? Or did you do something where you just saved 20 to 30 bucks every single week, which makes you feel a lot less about it? Because you need to start building a non-attachment to it. If you attach too much to 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 it, you're gonna freak yourself out, and you're freaking yourself out over a hundred dollars. Like you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Like that's just a night out. So once you start doing that, then you start looking at, like I said before, pick like five companies or three three to five companies with stocks that you know are less than twenty five to thirty five bucks. And there are quite a few out there. You can just Google stocks under fifty bucks, or you can look at um, the Dow Jones, or even which is just the top highest trading companies for, you know, um, the day, or you can look at the NASDAQ. They're all super popular stacks, uh, stocks. And then you just place an order confirmation. You say, I want two shares of like example, bank of America. Then it's going to say, this is going to cost you like 35 bucks plus the six ninety nine for us doing this for you. And then you own it. And then if you want to sell it, you can, but I'm a proponent of a long-term, uh, you should be a long-term investor, right? You shouldn't try to day trade if that's not your job. So you're in it for the long haul. And what you want is for it to actually outpace the interest in your bank account, mm. which is the fun part, right? You know, like if you hold on to say the average of 10 stocks, um, you actually only need about two or three of those to perform really well for you to be above the game, which means you have about seven or eight times to mess up. Got it. So... Really like digging down into this, like seriously, investor, invest, investing for dummies. Because you mentioned a lot of different things that, like, I know what they mean, like, you know, the NASDAQ, the Dow Jones, you know, ticker. A lot of people don't know what any of that stuff means. And those are the things that are intimidating as to why people don't invest. So, with looking at, I guess, the stock exchange and like looking at, um, 
prices of stocks? Like, how do you know, I guess, like, um, you know, when I guess stocks are declining? Because, because yes, I think it's a great what you said in like looking at thinking, thinking about companies you consume, you know, they're doing well if they're things that you use and that other people are using. But you know, sometimes a stock could be, I guess, getting ready to tank. And if you do understand uh, some of these things about, you know, how the stock exchange works and how, you know, the, you know, when they close at the end of the end, you know, they're down, you know, X amount of points. Like, what is actually does all of that like really mean? Like, I, I know that's a big question, but <laughs> just to, to add some perspective so that people understand like what, what that means. Yeah, of course. So first of all is, a company doesn't just tank overnight. <laughs> it it actually tanks over time. Um, and a company, you can see it actually declining over weeks and months, right? And so the stock market in the news, they may make you feel like it's suddenly happening. Oh my gosh, we're gonna, um, like the stock market's crashing. It went down like 100 points, but it might've gone down 100 points, but last week it was up like 700 Mm-hmm. So it really is only, say, for the month, it's up 600 points. But the thing is, that's kind of the way the news works, right? And the news works that way for everything in our lives, right? It always tells you the bad news. It never really tells you, like, the good news. And not as much as you need to hear it. So mm-hmm. when you think about points in the Dow Jones, the Dow Jones is actually just an industrial average, like I said. So when you hear points, um, and it's like the Dow is now 18, um, 18,000 points, it's just an average of the stock price for the 30 most like significant companies. Got it. It's it's just the average. And it really is just an indicator that say like, Hey, these really big, amazing companies um, are doing great or they're not. And that just is kind of reflective of how it is for us. So when the Dow goes up or the down goes down, it really doesn't impact you as much as a long-term investor. Like I said, the reason why we invest is so that we can build something for our future. We're not expecting our future to just go down the drain in two or three years. We're expecting to actually be here. We're expecting to hopefully want to buy more property. We're expecting to want to go on more vacations. And so on the long term of it, the market has successfully gone up much higher than the rate of inflation or the rate of interest rates. So that's kind of why you want to start thinking about it and how you can start leveraging it. Mm. A question just came in from one of our listeners. They said, can you break down the difference between value investing versus day trading? Absolutely. So value investing is the more long-term investing. So that's kind of anywhere between six months and longer. Um, It's considered long-term investing. And when you have a day trader, you pretty much bet on you bet on how the market moves within a day. So sometimes you'll go and you'll look at a stock and I'll pull one up on my phone. And, um, we can look at Facebook. And an example would be that it opened at one particular price and then it closed at, say, a similar price. So let's say it opened at $103 and it closed at 104 But throughout the day, that stock could have been like $80 at one point or it could have been as high as $107. And that's because of the day traders. And that's because they're trading on volume. They're like making things go up and down. And they're saying, if I buy this at nine o'clock and it's at $105 and I go at, you know, one o'clock and it's $107, I'm cashing out and I'm going to make my $2. So that's a day trader. And you've got hundreds and thousands of day traders because $2 may not sound like a lot to you right now, but if you have a thousand shares, 
and you've got $2, guess what? In a course of just like two or three hours, you made $2,000. Mm-hmm. So that's how you have a day trade. <laughs> So this is a good topic because I'm actually getting questions in it. We, a, a lot of times don't get live questions. Another question that just came in is aside from products that, you know, I may like to use, what else should one go about in researching a company before they decide to pull the trigger? Like I know I'm familiar with say the Bloomberg terminal and that could be very expensive for an individual to be able to access. So are there any other, um, you know, mediums that you would use to, or research tools to support people in kind of figuring out uh, other stocks that may be good for them to invest in other than things maybe that they like and they consume. Yeah, absolutely. So the Bloomberg uh, portal, as Akila just mentioned, you don't want that because you can't afford it. It's usually (laughs) companies and hedge funds. And I don't even know. I'm like, how did Akila even know about the Bloomberg like terminal? Well, well, my boyfriend actually is a developer and he works on the terminal. He's a, he works with Bloomberg. So shout out to Sean again. (laughs) Hey Sean. Um, And I told you I'm an accountant. I'm an accountant uh, by trade. So I I know a little bit. All right. Okay. So us regular folk, no, you don't need the Bloomberg terminal. Um, But what you could do is just use um, MarketWatch and YouTube Finance. YouTube, sorry. Yahoo Finance is an amazing uh, resource. And a lot of smartphones actually have Yahoo Finance. And so I actually find Yahoo Finance, you can actually create a watch list and start putting in the stocks that you um, enjoy or you're thinking about investing in and actually see them move up and down. So if you were thinking of investing in it last week, you can do that. Um, and if you didn't, you can invest in it this week. Also a part of uh, MarketWatch or Yahoo Finance, they'll show you um, movers and shakers. So they'll show you other stocks in similar industries to what you're looking at that are also traded. So that will also give you tons of ideas about companies that you can invest in. And a lot of times people still don't understand what it means to invest in companies around them. But everyone has a primary, like a unique investor advantage. And everyone also has a secondary unique investor advantage. And so my primary unique investor advantage is that I'm a marketer. So that means I know tech inside and out. And if you don't know tech, you can't tell me why I shouldn't be investing in Adobe because mm-hmm. Adobe is the number one illustrator program that everyone who owns a Mac and is a designer actually uses. And if more and more people are going to websites and that means that more and more graphic designers are becoming digital, they have to use Adobe Suite, right? And I know that because I'm in tech. So it completely makes sense for me to do Adobe. Everyone has a company like that, right? Everyone has a job. Everyone has eyes and ears. If you're in the healthcare field, what's the pharmaceutical company that's kind of winning right now in terms of prescriptions? What's the, um, who makes the plastics uh, for the, for the you know, equipment or the hard plastics for the equipment? Who's actually, you know, for example, um, running the software and the computers that the doctors are putting in the notes? There is a company behind everything. Mm-hmm. And if you can't understand that, you want to also take it, if you do understand that, take it a step further and say, who's the company that supports that company, right? So example would be Fresh Direct, right? Fresh Direct is in New York City um, and a lot of major cities across the country. And now they have their own vehicles that deliver the food to folks. However, this is just really recent. So one of the supporting companies of Fresh Direct would be FedEx and UPS, right? Because you know, Fresh Direct is getting extremely popular. They're making money, but then who else is making money because they're making money? The people delivering their food, they're making money. 
So there you go. There's like a world of companies once you start um, thinking about it in a rather mindful way. Hmm. So one thing that you mentioned earlier was that you should be, I guess, investing and seeing a return faster than uh, a return on any on on your savings. So I just kind of want to look at the dynamic between savings versus investing. Like how important, I guess, is one or the other? Like, do you think you should be jumping into investing without any savings? Like, uh, what do you think their, their relationship is? Uh, so it, it really all depends on someone's risk tolerance. So I would never say there's an absolute, I would never say don't save, invest. I, <laughs> I I'm not a financial services advisor. I never claim to be. I'm not a planner. I just claim to uh, help people understand the market in a way that they can actually have, have it impact their life. So with this said, um, you, you should do what's right for you in terms of what can you afford to lose and what can you afford to gain. Mm-hmm. And when I say this, it's like an example would be if I had $10 and I know that in my risk, right, I know that my income, I can, I can, you know, support myself. My mortgage is paid. My rent is paid. I know that I don't have any huge liabilities. So I know my risk tolerance is higher, right? Because I don't have some of the, the burdens that other people have tied to their money. So because of that, I can be more risk um, open at the moment. And when I say risk, I mean opportunity. So I can be more opportunity open at the moment versus later on when I do have tons of kids and tons of, you know, college funds to actually, you know, put into, which I'll still probably invest because I know that me saving money isn't going to pace the market. So that said, example would be if you have $10, um, there's something called ESIG. So earning, saving, investing, and giving, you should always have some of your earnings going to savings, some going to investing, and some going to giving. And whether that's 10% or 20%, you just set the number and you just go with it, right? If I have $100 and I know that I'm investing 10%, then I will always invest $10 because mm-hmm. that's 10%. And whether it's $100, once I make $1,000, guess what? Now I'm investing $100. It should always be, I say, a percentage gain because I know 10% isn't going to make or break me. Mm-hmm. But over time, it can really make me. If I'm investing um, $100 a month in the stock market, that's over $1,200 a year. That's twelve. That's $1,200 a year in stock. If you had done that in 1994, you would have actually made, in Apple stock, for example, like when Forrest Gump came out and he bought Apple stock, um, in 1994, if you invested $1,000 into the stock market, your shares would actually be worth $535,000. If you did nothing, if you only invested $1,000, mm-hmm. which is less than 100 a month. Mm. so that's the power of it that's the power that people don't think every bit matters right so we've kind of talked a lot about investments as it relates to mostly stocks like are there other types of investments that you would suggest because you know there are for you know 401k um opportunities for us to invest through you know rental property what do you think about that or what are some other, I guess, types of investments uh, do you suggest to people or think that should we would be good to have in your portfolio? Yeah. So, I mean, you, their asset allocation, right? So asset being anything that pretty much accrues value over time. So I want to make that more layman. Asset is anything <laughs> that hope is going to make you more money. <laughs> um, right. Asset. And so I get uh, a lot of questions. Sometimes folks ask me if their home is their asset. Um, 
And I always, I, I typically say like in my camp, no, your home is not your asset. Your home is your home. Mm. It's your home. And the reason why I say that is because A, you're living there and you cannot just sell it tomorrow, which you mostly could do with other assets. You can um, liquidate it and within a timely time frame, like within a couple, within a week, you know, most assets you can liquidate it depending on the clause. Mm-hmm. Um, and your home, also, there are so many external factors uh, going with the value of your home, right? One day it can be worth 300000 and another day it can be worth 550000 and it may not have anything to do with you. It could just be, you know, backed by the mortgage um, bubble that's going on and just inflating, inflating, inflating. So, unless, and so that's one thing for your home. Now, on the other side, you have an investment property. An investment property could be anything that you're either renting out to folks, you could be airbnb it out to folks, and that's more so an investment as long as the money coming in is less than, is more than uh, the actual, you know, expenses of the property. Then if you want to get back to stock market, which is usually what I specialize in, you know, there are tons of other investment vehicles like REITs, like real estate investment, um, mm-hmm. all those things. But I really, to me, like stocks because you don't, A, there's no credit history check to open up an account. B, a lot of the other investments, you need a minimum. Like how much do you need as a down payment to buy a house? How much do you need um, as a minimum balance to buy into a fund? If you want to go to like your wealth manager and say like, hey, I want to invest in the stock market. A lot of times they have minimums because they work off of fees. And so mm-hmm. it's not worth their interest to kind of, um, help you out if you don't have enough money. Whereas the stock market, if you have 25 bucks extra, you can invest that if you really want to. So I'm always an advocate of that. And if you don't want to do straight stocks, you can do ETFs, which are called electronically traded funds. And those are kind of like a pool of stocks. And you're just going to buy a piece of the bag of that pool of stocks. Mm. When you mentioned REITs, it brought me back to my uh, my old tax days at Deloitte with uh, looking at uh, real estate uh, investment partnerships. And so I just have a question as to around investing. Are there any tax benefits that you because people like to be able to save money and, and, and give less money to the government if they can? So what would, are any of the benefits you would say to investing, especially tax related? Yeah, um, there are tons of investment uh, that invest um, benefits tax wise, especially if you're doing a Roth IRA, which is, um, and a traditional IRA. So IRA being an individual retirement account, um, and depending on which one you choose, you can actually invest up to 5,500 or so into it. And the government will let you, um, that will be tax deductible. So that's pretty much amazing. And the Roth IRA and the traditional IRA have differences, but they both give the um, they both give amazing tax benefits. And so that's where opportunity loss comes in, right? Because we're into May right now. And so if you invested last year, you could have had that as a tax break. But if you didn't invest it, you can't. So if you actually start investing this year for your Roth IRA, which is an investment account, you have your individual investment account, you can have a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA. If you know you're in it for the long term and you want to just support yourself through your retirement more than your 401k because you can't mm-hmm. invest in individual stocks with your 401k, go ahead and open up a IRA or a Roth IRA. And then you can actually be the um, holder of your own future. Mm-hmm. And to 
listeners, please make sure that if you are at a company that has a 401k as an option, Absolutely. please enroll. <laughs> people think they're so young. I mean, I remember when I was in corporate and yes, I was like in my early 20s and I actually waited a while before I enrolled. But it was so huge for me and it's just so easy. It's money that comes out before you even before taxes can even hit it it comes out and you know when i left corporate that was like thirty five thousand dollars of money that i had saved that i was able to use and to invest in myself and my business so you just never know yeah it seems like we're saving for retirement and it seems like being 65 is a long way from here but little did i know that i was actually going to need that money earlier and have the ability to, to pull it out at a time where it really could support me to reinvest in myself so please those of you listening, make sure you have uh, a four k or one k or some kind of retirement plan set up. We are close to we got about six minutes left. Wait, so wait, I before you transition from the four hundred one k, can I say one more thing? If your company offers matching, please max that out. That is free. That is free money. I mean, free money just doesn't come so easy nowadays, and you have free money. So you just want to make sure that you contribute to the max, especially if you are. Um, employer is just matching it, meaning that they will match whatever you put in there up to a dollar amount. So go to your HR and ask them about it because so many people don't realize you can get an extra bonus to the hard work you're putting in for other people. That's right. right. So what are, you know, I guess some of the myths that you've heard, because I'm sure you work with a lot of people that are new to investing and um, really haven't experience much and have probably heard a lot of things that have deterred them from wanting to invest. So please tell us some things that are probably out there that you hear all the time that are absolutely not true. Okay. Absolutely not true. The stock market is evil. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's not. (laughs) Um, The stock market is probably one of the most unbiased things, institutions you're ever going to meet. It doesn't care about your race, religion, background, creed. It doesn't care. It's all about money, which is actually nice because once you understand the rules, you can play a fair game. So the stock market isn't evil. Um, Whether you believe it or not, you are playing in it. So you're playing in it because of your 401k. You're playing in it because you're actually a consumer, like we're trained to be consumers. So if you buy an iPhone, if you step out the house, if you go to movies, if you're on, you know, traveling on the train, you are participating in the system. So the system isn't evil. You're participating in it. Um, it's just that people feel upset and the only way to not feel upset is to actually start playing the game is to actually become a stakeholder, um, and a stockholder because those are the only people that public companies have accountability towards. So if you don't enjoy the fact that Apple has, you know, labor off in China, you can write as many letters as a user as you want. It is not going to have as much stake versus you owning a share of Apple. Mm. So... I know you have your five uh, day. Is it investing boot camp? Mm-hmm. I do have a five day investing boot camp. And what is, what is that about? And how can we, I guess, find out more information about that? Sure. So the five day investing boot camp is a boot camp that happens um, four times a year, and it takes people from clueless non investor to investor in five days or less. And mm-hmm. people actually do it, which is like they, they they're shocked that. On Monday, they come in. They don't know anything. Believe it or not, on Wednesday, they're already buying stocks. And then on Friday, it's just like they're, they actually see movement in, in their purchase. And so the five-day investor boot camp is open, um, like I said, four times a year. 
But so if you go to happyinvestormethod.com, you'll actually be able to sign up for a no-brainer investor guide. And I'll let you um, find out more information when we have it again. Um, something that we're going to be coming up really soon within the next three to four weeks is another challenge. And this is going to be the abundance and prosperity challenge. And so this is kind of where I go through the mindset blocks that people have when getting into the stock market. And we'll cover investing, but more so we're going to cover abundance and mind hacking because a lot of people I find, they'll invest, but what stops them from investing more is their lack of confidence in themselves. And so it becomes a conversation of abundance and scarcity. It becomes a conversation of lack of trust. And mm. the thing is that you're completely awesome. Like you've gotten so far in what you've accomplished and how you are today. And it is not by chance. And if you just learn how to translate that drive and hustle to investing, you can really make your money work for you. So my goal is to help you understand what those things could be like. I love that mind hacking. So what's next for you? What does the future have in store? (laughs) Other than I guess what you just told us. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. So what's next is kind of going on, keeping on my soapbox uh, for investing and investing through mindful ways. I think not complicating it really helps people understand how easy it is. And I hate that there's a veil behind it. And so what's next is I am looking for more and more places to go and speak and kind of get on my soapbox and entertain as well as educate folks. I have a private invite only club called the Mindful Investors Club. And it's a group of people who are like, yes, I am with this. I am investing. Um, It's something I've wanted to do for a long time and I'm absolutely ready. And I know I'm in it for the long term. So the Mindful Investors Club is a group of pretty much... um, super awesome people who we share our portfolios, we share our insider knowledge about um, topics going on in government, in healthcare, and in tech, and we really feed and vibe off of each other. So that's kind of like what's next. You're definitely going to hear and see a lot more of me because I just kind of feel that people don't realize there's a lot of free money out there. And the reality of the situation is there aren't a lot of people that look like me that are doing this. So I need to show people that this is possible. Well, Angela, this is this is really, really dope. And I just have to commend you for what you're doing. I mean, this was very, very helpful. Uh, so I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show tonight and, and chopping up with me. I know our listeners got a lot out of this, especially from some of the questions that came in. Thank you to our listeners for joining us once again. Visit us on keepingabeauty.com and visit our Girl Talk section. Sound off. Send us your questions, topics. What do you want to hear me talk about? Who do you want to hear me talking to? Email me at keepingabeauty at gmail.com. As always, keep up with everything that's happening in Iron Beauty World by going to ironbeautyinc.com. Follow us on Instagram, ironbeautyinc underscore, and like our Facebook page, I am Beauty Inc. Thanks again for joining us. You can find us again next week, same place, same time. Please tell a friend. And remember, what can you afford to lose versus what can you afford to risk? And also, love this quote from Robert G. Allen. How many millionaires do you know who have become wealthy by investing in savings accounts? I rest my case. (laughs) Good night, everyone. Until we meet again, be beauty. Thank you. (laughs) 